What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Kidman Podcast. Today, I'm joined with all three of my other co-hosts for the first time in a while. Uh, Rohan, how's it going? I'm good. I'm good. Glad to be back home. Okay, that's enough of you. Uh, Owen? <laughs> I'm doing good. Happy to be here, Dillette. Thank you for hosting today. It's an honor, honestly. It's an honor. And Josh, last but not least, how are you doing, man? Doing fantastic, man. How's the beach? The beach is lovely. I'm, I'm just absolutely enjoying the the warm weather. Where you at, what? Yeah. Um, He's I'm a moisty mo. Yeah, moisty mo. <laughs> that's not. It's not even beach. <laughs> Sandy Shores. Yeah, really that? like a. That's cool. Wasn't Sandy Shores a a beach? Is that in Florida? Yeah, I'm at Sandy Shores at my at my beach house. We sound like virgins. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, this is a podcast. It's a safe space for virgins. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. On today's episode, we're going to be looking back on our on our transfer rankings from over the summer, and we're gonna just kind of roast ourselves, honestly, because they they sucked. I did not want to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Rohan was against this, but I I enjoy seeing us all suffer. We're going to get right into our, our cumulative lists. I, I should mention Owen and Josh um, were not able to make it to the recording of our transfer window episode, so it's just me and Dillette's list. All right, well, I think unanimously our, our number one spot was Lukaku. Yeah. Oh, wow, so, we're going straight to number one? All right. Oh, that's not how we do these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is what happens when I write host. We'll start with your number two. You had you had Brian Gill. Yeah, yeah. Um, you that know. is the, that is the deadest pick I think that you could have thought of. Like the worst, most dry transfer of the whole summer. All right. Well, you know, I still like his creativity. I think he needs more time at the club. He's also like twelve years old, so you got to give him a little more time to develop. Um, everyone's gonna bring up his stats. I know he has not contributed a goaler and assist all season but he has created a lot of chances and when he does play for spain he's one of their bright spots rohan this is for spurs okay anyways i would have replaced him with probably like michael elise or something or maybe maybe a lakonga who is absent from your list but is also a, a phenomenal youngster who's made an impact on his team i would have rather tomiyasu oh interesting Interesting. Another name who's not on anyone's list, as a matter of fact, because I also didn't have him as one of my top ten transfers, which which is going to be a reoccurring theme with the with the Arsenal transfers, even though they were they've proven to be quite good. But yeah, at number ten, I had Nuno Tavares, Arsenal's backup left back, did a great job filling in for Kieran Tierney whenever he was injured. Good for depth. I think just a solid signing. Nothing too crazy. Worthy of the worthy of a top ten position, but yeah. Uh, up next, Rohan, you had Danny Ings. I did, and um, your placement of Danny Ings made me feel much better about myself. Yeah, he's been a little bit underwhelming this season, but you know he had to switch over to a new system under Dean Smith, and now an even newer system with Steven Gerrard. But I still think he'll hit his usual ten to fifteen goals on the season. I could see that. I had him fifth. And I thought he was, was going to be a great signing. 
it's just because he was coming off like a like a really good season, and even the season before that was good, good enough. But he's he's not done anything, and I mean you can you can justify it with a couple of injuries, but it he's been very underwhelming. <laughs> I'm pretty sure two of his goals have come from the pen spot this year. My memory serves me right. Yeah, and he he's he's okay outside of his goal scoring, but. Danny Ings is a player that you you kind of want scoring because if he's not scoring, he's not he's not doing his job. But I also think he has a lot more motivation at Villa because he was just on that bubble edge of breaking into the England team at Southampton, but Southampton were performing so poorly. So now at Villa, where they're a little bit more competitive, he's gonna want to try and prove himself and break into the England squad. I could. I could see that. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think Aston Villa... I still feel like it was a sidestep, e- even though Southampton do suck, but I don't think it was a, a big enough jump up. But looking at the top six clubs, I don't I don't see why anyone, any of them would go for him, to be honest. Maybe maybe Man City for the, for the backup striker if they wanted it, but... Yeah. I, I was really expecting a lot from him, though, and, and we didn't get it. But yeah, in at, in at nine for me, I had Billy Gilmore. I don't think that's crazy. I think he's been okay for Norwich. It's kind of it is what it is. It's kind of a, kind of a boring signing, honestly. I don't think anyone has anything to say on that. So we'll, we'll go into number eight. Rohan, I like your number eight pick because because you had Joe Willick, and, and I'd also like to add that um on the last transfer episode we had my brother Michael on, and he had Joe Willick at second, which was even more embarrassing than Rohan's. Hey, um, yeah, I probably would have replaced him now with, like, Maxwell Cornet for Burnley or something like that. But um, I really thought he was going to carry on his form from last season. That just has not happened literally at all. Low-key, Jolinton's been better than him this season. So, um, in that, like, advanced midfielder role. So, yeah, hopefully he can turn it around. But I just see Newcastle going down and him going down with them. Yeah, yeah, most likely. I... I didn't fall for it. I watched I watched Willick on a week-to-week basis, and I could tell. I knew he wasn't going to carry on this form in Newcastle. It was too good to be true. It didn't, didn't even make my, my honorable mentions. I was surprised at that. Yeah. I, it, was a, it was a great move from Arsenal because that's $20 million for a, a player who's not going to succeed at, at first. He's going to take a while to, to get there, and... You know, I'm glad that we got the, the 20 mil off that, but it was it was not a good signing for Newcastle. They fell in love with the with the loan. Worst worst move, man. Worst thing you can do. But yeah, our I had Kanate at eighth. Which I think uh, about wait, which is okay. He hasn't really Needed to. Whenever he's played, he's been good. I think he played a couple Champions League games this season. I mean, I don't think he's been a bad signing. I mean, the biggest issue with Liverpool is definitely depth. So it's definitely not a bad signing because you know losing Van Dyke last season was a big blow for them. They've done well to to kind of remedy that that uh those those holes in the team that they had whenever they get injuries, but it's nothing exciting. No, no marquee signing, but worthy of one of those, you know, eighth through tenth positions on our on our list. 
no one could be mad at that. For sure. And, wow. Okay. Rohan, you had Kanate at seventh. Uh, it's whatever. Same, same, same kind of deal. But then, um, I had Christian Romero next. To be fair, he's been injured. But even when he played, he was not very good. I was kind of judging him off of the the Copa America tournament, and I was a bit a bit naive there because I hadn't really watched much of him outside of that. Well, outside of that, he performed very well in Italy. Um, I think Conte, um, Antonio Conte managing is going to improve his game a lot more as well. Like I saw um, to set up one of the goals, Harry Winks went in for a sliding challenge against Keita and came out with the ball, and that's how they scored one of their goals. That's how Harry Kane scored. I mean, I think under Nuno or even a year ago, Harry Winks doesn't go for that ball. He drops off or pulls out of it or tries to cover back but i'm seeing more bravery and determination in the midfielders and defenders over at spurs all right that's enough that's enough uh, <laughs> good things to say about spurs we can move on <laughs> but yeah now now the the list kind of gets um a big, Embarrassing. A big yeah before we get into our top four because the top four is kind of unanimous you had Buendia at fifth. Bro. When which... he was at Norwich, he was third in chances created behind Kevin De Bruyne and Bruno Fernandez. I thought, and every time I watched him, I was like, holy shit, this guy create is a chance creation machine. Like, when he gets to Villa, he's just going to be creating chance after chance after chance, which has not worked out. But I would also like to state same thing that applies to Danny Ings. New system under Dean Smith, now a new system under Gerrard. And he's been playing better under Gerrard. Not too many goals or assists so far, but he's been creating a lot more. I just don't think he's very good. I remember over the summer you were cooking me because Arsenal showed interest in him. And I never really wanted him, but then he he snubbed Arsenal for Villa or something happened there where he chose Villa over us. And I, I just can't respect a man that does that. <laughs> that's, just a lack of, that's just a lack of ambition right there praying on his downfall I am 100% and, and it's only because because of the the media outrage that was created over that over that transfer saga yeah I think he's he's an average player he would probably make the honorable mentions for me if I if I redid this because I'm I mean pretty... uh I mean, this season, he's created four big chances, which isn't terrible. Honestly, I'm not going to... Normally, I would be fine with, under, with using that stat, but I haven't watched him, or I haven't seen him play well. So I can't really... I'm not going to use the stats to back it up, you know? But yeah, our top four, unanimous, kind of same, those elite bunch of players that all went for eight or over... Oh, actually, except for Varane. Varane was kind of a bargain. But Lukaku, Sancho, Grealish, all well over 70 million. And all kind of underwhelming this season. Um, so, um, I'll say I have a working theory for Jack Grealish. Um, this has been a theory in the works for about six months now. Um, and that theory is that you need to give new transfers to Man City at least... Three to six months to adapt to Pep Guardiola's system. 
Um, Rodri came in, terrible. Now, one of the best in the Prem, arguably one of the best in the world. Bernardo Silva came in, underwhelming. Gundo came in, underwhelming. Um, Mares underwhelming. Now he's the leading goal scorer for City this season. So, um, yeah, same theory applies to Grealish. Give him three to six months and then judge him. But, yeah, so far underwhelming for sure. I guess at City you're kind of afforded that luxury. Getting, making a hundred million pound signing and allowing him to have six months to adapt to the same league that he's played in his whole life. No, one, okay, two not seasons. Not his whole life, for like two seasons, but still. In the same country, same league, he moved across town. Way now, different system. And now he has to adapt. Adapting to a system, I would understand if it wasn't a system where your team has the ball for 65 out of 90 minutes every match. <laughs> yeah, but now he has to now he's not allowed to like be creative or risk losing the ball because if you lose the ball and that defeats the whole point of the system. Which was like I get the majority of his game was taking people on playing in balls balls. At Villa it was it was the LeBron James strategy. It was get the ball to him and get the hell out the way. And then just let him do something. Let him pass or shoot. Let him do whatever he wants. Now it's look for the best opportunity. Yeah, take people on one-on-one, but that's like a last resort. I think that's part of the reason why I think we, we kind of kept him to fourth in our list. Yeah, we, bo- we both had him behind the other big three signings because he didn't really fit the city system. But, I mean, a player of his quality is always going to find a way to, uh, to fit, you know. But it's just that, you know, if you're spending a hundred million, you should you should get a player that's ideal for your system, not one that's gonna kind of go against what you normally want and one that you're gonna have to recoach and like reprogram to do like the way that the way that they play. Which is why I think we kind of kept him out of the the top three. And even looking back on it, I if we re rank these transfers, he'd probably he'd probably be like a like a mid tier spot in our top tens. Just because he had. Oh, also, for reference for our viewers, Ronaldo had not been signed yet, so. That's true. Yeah. Would have been number to one. To be fair, none of us put Ben White, Aaron Ramsdale, Connor Gallagher, Damari Gray in our list. Oh yeah, there's definitely a lot of notable exclusions. Yeah, especially especially for my end. I di- I didn't back I didn't back my boys. You know, I was skeptical of Ramsdale. I knew I Ben White was a good player, but I didn't think 50 mil was worth it. But, I mean, if he's good, he's good. doesn't really matter how much he costs. And then Tomiyasu, genuinely never saw him play before, before he signed for Arsenal. But I couldn't be happier with that one. <laughs> but, yeah, Grealish kind of a bit underwhelming. And that's, that's the theme here going into our, our next we have. Where we have at, at third, I had Jaden Sancho. Rohan had Raphael Varane, two Manchester United players, who have you can kind of excuse Varane, and you can yeah with uh, you can kind of excuse both yeah. Josh, Josh, what do you think about this as, as our United fan here? Um, with Varane, I'd exclude from injury. Uh, just for the most part, I mean, obviously he has been underwhelming just for not being playing, and even when he did play, he wasn't you know a Champions League winner 
of yeah. a center back. You know, he wasn't that quality. Uh, Sancho, to be fair, I would say, other than Bayern, he was playing in the probably fifth worst of the top, like the, the fifth of the top five uh, European leagues. And so it was quite an adjustment. Uh, yeah. Coming to the team. Like, obviously, it's his, his, you know, his nationality, but still, that's a big gap. And I think he's picking it up now a little bit. He's still, still not there, but he's starting to adapt more, and you're starting to see more of him and how he should be playing. Yeah, I think I think he's suffering a bit from United's current situation because they they didn't problem. yeah they they kind of didn't have a not that they were playing poorly because I mean I guess they weren't amazing but it was more so the fact that they there wasn't really a plan around the club and, and that was kind of a time where you know coming in as a new signing as like a marquee player you kind of need the club to have a plan for what they're gonna do with you and Ole just didn't really didn't really have that plan in place you know he didn't get very much minutes the first three months he was there and then when he did it was kind of sporadically in in random positions around the field but yeah you're right now that he's gotten a some run, a couple runs of games in he's, he's looking sharper he's looking like like the Jaden Sancho that we saw in the Champions League that we saw in the Bundesliga for the last couple seasons I also think under Ole he was just so isolated that he couldn't do a lot of what he's best at which is playing quick little layoffs and getting in behind mm-hmm. I mean, they were just kind of knocking it forward. Like, they dropped Bruno um, into a deep-lying playmaker role, but <laughs> he was playing alongside Fred and McTominay under pressure, pressures from, like, the best teams at pressing, and they just choked and could never play out of the back from it. It'll be interesting to see how he how he'll adapt with the new system, you know. Hopefully, it doesn't yeah. become a, a Pepe kind of signing, you know, where he's kind of just kind of shifted around random managers, random systems for the next for like his first couple seasons at the club, which would be unfortunate. But I think Jaden Sancho has what what it takes to succeed, regardless. But it, it might be rough for him. But yeah, Varane also a bit bit underwhelming. But he was he was a decent decent transfer, so you can't knock it too badly. If if we re rank these, of course, you'd probably I don't think he'd maintain the position, honestly. No. I'd put him more towards mid tier. Just for the hope of what he can do when he comes back. Yeah, he is very yeah, he's a very capable player, of course. Have to keep that in mind. Yeah, I have to keep in mind that w- once the team kind of gets into their defensive shape under whatever whatever the new manager kind of wants, they'll probably probably do a little bit better than the defensive shape that Ole went with, which was kind of um a little bit non-existent at times. But yeah, and our our unanimous top pick was Romelu Lukaku. Owen, your thoughts on that? I mean, underwhelming. He doesn't fit into. I, we've talked about this, you know. He wasn't really. They don't need a big player. He's a big player. He's supposed to be a star, and Chelsea's like kind of spreading the love between everybody. So his role as like being that top star is not there. Um, and he was out for injury. He's just he hasn't been. He hasn't been horrible. I think he's a good transfer, but not top one worthy. 
Do you think he'll leave? I can see it. Because, I, I mean, like, he's Lukaku. He's supposed to be that top player of a team. He's supposed to be leading the team, and he just hasn't gotten that role. I think he's happy at Chelsea. I don't know. He seems, yeah, it, seems like, it seems like he's happy. As long as, long as um, Chelsea are, you know, as long as they can still challenge for major trophies, yeah. I think he'll be happy. But as long he's as not Chelsea's getting, up there, he's, he'll be up there. Yeah, he's not getting the star treatment, though, that I, I feel like he would have wanted, you know. Put on a Go couple ahead. pounds as well. Yeah. The, the lovely English food has gotten to him. Spulking season. He's going to have a massive cut. Just wait. But uh, yeah, dude, no, I, I don't think he'll leave. I think um, it's also like really early. Um, that's the thing with all these transfers is like they're big name players, the ones that we put in the top, and they're the biggest clubs in the world. So I think, you know, like what, 15, 16 games isn't enough to judge them on. But it definitely is fun going back through and seeing how uh, we definitely should have put like Connor Gallagher or uh, Samare or Ben White or Ramsdale in these lists. Yeah, yeah. Now that we've run to our top 10, there's definitely a lot of, a lot of names that we've left off. Yep. Um, I, I guess none from, none from City. You guys only signed Grealish. Chelsea. Owen, oh, who, who'd you guys sign outside of Lukaku? Powell. So <laughs> that was never going to be on there. Oh, yeah, they, oh, yeah, he's not, he's not, he's not touching this list. Yeah, he's like, he's like. Oh, I think the let. I I don't know about you, but the only person I would have kept from my list is probably Kanate, but I probably would have moved him down. Kanate, yeah, just for the the depth factor. Yeah, because I think like Cornet, um, Maxwell Cornet, Ramsdale, Ben White. Um, I I would have put, put Ronaldo. Um, Damari Gray has been good for Everton. Gallagher, amazing. Elise, great. But yeah, I would have really only kept Kanate, but um, he's fighting for that number seven spot that I put him in. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, he's not going to get the, the minutes to justify that, honestly, until until one of the bigger center backs there leaves. But yeah, our, our lists, like, genuinely suck. Like... That it's kind of crazy to look back on it and think there's one player that we're keeping in our top tens. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's why I didn't want to do this episode. Um, <laughs> a bit. It's a bit embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, your list. I mean, maybe you can make a case for Nuno or Lakanga, but yeah, I, yeah, I'd keep those guys. Yeah, I'd keep those two in. Mine is just depressing. <laughs> I I really wish that all four of us did this list because it, it's just really funny to look back on it and see how wrong we were. Yeah, it would have been bad. Well, to be fair to Michael, he put um, Tammy Abraham at number one, even though he was leaving the Premier League. That's been a pretty good signing. Yeah, that's that's that honestly been... Yeah, I that's the best signing. Goals already. Yeah, I think yeah. he has like 13 goals already, so... Out of like the fifteen or so players that we've talked about that we had in our top tens, Tammy Abraham has done better than every single one of them. Yeah, him in the prime. But also, Michael did put Joe Willick at two. Yeah, Joe Willick two is crazy. I, I I honestly like as much as I like felt bad hating on that pick because like Joe Willick is an Arsenal like Hayland Academy product. I just I just I just knew he would flop at the next club. I did not have any faith in him doing well in Newcastle. Um, 
Should we talk about Liverpool Spurs? Yeah. Crazy game. Crazy referee decisions, which is kind of what our mm-hmm. our podcast ends up consisting of. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Spurs low-key were the better team. At least yeah. in that first half especially. They they looked really, yeah, they, they didn't look like a team that was like kind of in like managerial turmoil, like still adapting to the new style. They, they looked solid. They did. Um, would you have given the red card to Kane? Oh, one hundred percent. Did he touch the ball? Uh, with his hand. Yeah, every <laughs> yeah with his hand. And I remember in that in that post match interview, he said, um, "I, I thought I got the ball." Early. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. It was just I mean, a straight leg. If Andy Robertson doesn't jump, that's probably a broken ankle. Yeah, definitely red by then. Yeah. Which is which is kind of scary to think like you, if you don't evade the like if you evade the tackle, the punishment isn't going to be there. But if you just like, yeah, you just accept the broken leg, he's getting sent off. Creates a weird, a weird scenario for Premier League players to think like, how badly do I want to draw this foul? <laughs> Josh, do you give the red card to Rabo? Um, probably not. Really. No, I don't think so. I oh, think that no. was pretty delicious. Yeah. Tacked him. I mean, I guess if we're comparing it to what Kane did and how Kane didn't get sent off for that, there's kind of an argument to be made. Like, what Robbo did honestly wasn't it, it like it was more violent, but it wasn't as um wasn't as reckless, you know. Well, when I watched it in real time, I can understand what he was trying to do. He was trying to clear the ball, and then um. Emerson put his tried to put his body in between him and the ball, just yeah. absolutely caught it. I don't even know where he got kicked. His leg just it was kind of his, yeah, it was kind of his entire leg, his entire lower half got kicked. Yeah, um, but I can understand what Rabo was trying to do. Um, he definitely probably had time to like try and pull out of it, or at least like just sweep the leg. But how come you wouldn't give a red, Josh? Well, he didn't give the. The red to Kane, so I didn't really. No, like looking back, if you're tyranny, if you're Paul tyranny, you go over to the VAR monitor. Um, you you look back at Robbo's tackle, or attempted tackle. Do you give a red or a yellow? I mean, hearing from y'all, I'd probably say you know, I guess a red. But you see, if you're if you're comparing them. I'd say I'd say no because he didn't give Harry Kane, but it's two separate events, both reds. Yeah, yeah. both reds in your mind. I honestly, definitely. yeah, that's 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 my thought process on it. Just comparing it, but yeah, comparison to the decision that he made with Kane. I like if you're judging at that scale, I'd say probably Just to no keep red. the consistency. But two separate games, two separate fouls, definitely reds. We'll have another episode soon where we will yeah. recap all the Premier League games. You know, Arsenal's resurgence of form. I'll, I'll be sure to talk about that for like 30 minutes straight. We'll talk about um, City, kind of being City. That'll be a short one. Pretty boring. But yeah, we'll, we'll bring up how our Chelsea t- title contenders or top four contenders. That'll Damn. be a nice, mm. a nice one. 